All right, we're here with Did It Hold Up, the inaugural episode of our new podcast. I'm here with my brother, Matt Spencer, aficionado of all things movies. How are you, Matt? Oh, I'm 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 doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And uh we started this podcast cuz you and I uh grew up on movies uh quite literally. Uh basically our entire childhood was either watching movies in a room or being dropped off at a movie theater. Uh and That's correct. figuring out how to see as many movies in a day as possible. So we figured why not sit down and record what we talk about when we call each other up anyways. So we're going to do something called Did It Hold Up? We're going to talk about movies that we grew up watching from the 80s that stick in your mind and think you think they're fantastic and that everyone loves them. And why don't we watch them again? Because they're going to be just as good as when we watched them when we were young. And mm. Mm, I, Maybe. Yeah, I think you have some... There's some. Uh... Although, hey, listen, this one. A spoiler alert. This one holds up. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> this one held up for me. I I I agree too. I I ended up watching it and uh, thought it was great. And the movie we're talking about that we're gonna start with is near and dear to Matt and I's heart, which is Labyrinth, which uh, oh. is about as good as it gets when it comes to kind of that odd 1980s uh, type of movie that you would. Uh, you really only see in the eighties you have rock star fame with David Bowie, the hair of David Bowie. Oh, uh, hair. yes. Oh, boy. You've got Muppets. That that hair deserves its own podcast. It, it does deserve its own podcast. Absolutely. So we're going to dive in labyrinth. If you haven't seen labyrinth, you gotta go see labyrinth. It's what's wrong with you. I mean, seriously, I agree completely. That would be my question. Uh, Matt, do you want to give a, an overview of what Labyrinth is? Uh, sure, I can do that. So let's see. Labyrinth um, was directed by Jim Henson, who uh, we all know and love. He's kind of, you know, amongst, I would say, mostly people our age who were born in the 80s. He's like a household name. He was kind of like a wizard. He's like one of the wizards of our childhood in terms of, you know, he created all these great, the Muppet characters, obviously. And and then he did decided to do to start making movies uh, with puppets, which um, looking back is kind of a kind of crazy. It's kind of insane. The idea of someone deciding, like, I want to make a movie, but, uh, you know, we've seen enough of actors. Let's let's try puppets. So um, this one, actually, I believe was um, his third film i believe he directed uh do you remember well, what no, were the first two films actually no he's the, he did several but he this is after like um the great muppet caper i got that was before this okay, and so we're i talking see a bunch of other muppet, muppet stuff is this his first yes non muppet no well movie no actually dark dark crystal was the oh, first dark crystal yes that's another one we're gonna yes, have dark to crystal which was kind of dark crystal was kind of more of a hardcore fantasy puppet movie <laughs> you know you're run of the mill hardcore fantasy puppet movie yes that Whereas, genre <laughs> yes he, he yeah uh labyrinth is a little more um let's say broadly appealing and, and commercially viable um and it was actually developed in 
collaboration with George Lucas, who um, was the executive producer. And he, I didn't realize, actually, I was doing some research and I didn't realize how much he was involved in it, but he helped kind of develop the story and he produced it. And basically the movie is about a teenage girl named Sarah, played by Jennifer Connelly, who is kind of your typical teenage girl and um, that, which, you know, I don't really know a whole lot about, but judging from this movie, it's 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 pretty rough, I guess. Um, and she uh, is basically kind of put upon, sort of like uh, I don't. It's I guess the movie kind of has an Alice in Wonderland kind of framework it to does. it. I it guess does have that yes. Although her character is a little more um, at the start I, of it, he she know, she can be a little. <laughs> She's a little. Um, uh, like, I, I think her reactions yeah. to to her is it did is it, are we sure it's her stepmom, or is it her mother? Yeah, I can't yes, tell. Her, it, it is, is her stepmom. Yes. Okay. I didn't. I didn't so check whether that was a hundred percent the case or not. But yes. She, then she's yeah, well, she's being very mean to her stepmom with very little yeah. reason. I think the stepmom yeah. has a lot. But then no. again, I'm forty, so I don't know that that's. I'm viewing it from the parents' viewpoint right now and saying. Yeah, you came home an hour late. Why are you giving us so much attitude? It is true. And, you know, it's funny because watching this was very uh, nostalgic. And I remember watching this growing up and, you know, and, and kind of, I don't know, I, I didn't never really thought she was, I was like, yeah, would you, you know, I was I kind of related more to Jennifer Connelly's character. And now I see the parents like, mm, not so bad. Like her stepmom is, I think, perfectly reasonable and, and, and seems, you know, not too bad. But um, Jennifer Connelly, you know, she's I, she's an aspiring actress, it would appear, because we meet her rehearsing this play, a which thespian. I don't know what the play is. A thespian. Yes. Yes, she's – which, um, which well, we'll get into the details a little later, because there's, there's more details uh, about that aspect of her character that I didn't realize the first time. And there's some hidden, like, Easter eggs in her bedroom, which are really interesting. Oh. But anyway, the, the basic movie is about – her she's she's she has to stay at home and watch her baby brother toby um when she you know wants to i guess go out and, and practice her play she doesn't appear to have any friends or a social life but um her parents are going out and she's angry that she has to stay home and watch her brother and she's very resentful of i guess his attention and she kind of loses her temper with the baby and uh how do i she 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 makes a kind of like declaration for the goblin king to come take her brother away which is kind of a overreaction yeah and i and i want to say from the start of this if for those of you who have not watched this this may feel like wow this escalated quickly and that is how it felt um because the notes that i had was the beginning and the ends you feel like you get to a nine quickly at the beginning of the film and then you hold that nine for like the whole thing and then it comes down to a zero at the end very quickly so it's it's got a yeah. very quick ramp up it's here. coming in hot yeah she's she's upset and it's like rapidly she has basically sold her baby brother off to the goblin king in quick succession so it don't feel alarmed at this. You you feel like you've missed something. No, that's basically what happened. Yeah. She came back. She's upset, yeah. and then she gave the kid to the Goblin King. Yeah, 
in very much, you know, fairy tale logic. And so then, of course, the Goblin King comes. And then, of course, the Goblin King is portrayed by the one and only David Bowie um, in a brilliant performance. And this is like, this is Bowie, this is 80s Bowie, which is, I mean, he's had so many phases of his career. He, he did, got, you know, rest in peace. But um, so I'm not, I'm not terribly familiar with the 80s era, although that's, that's kind of my first introduction to him, though, yes, because we were born in the 80s. And I know our Aunt Lisa, who was very instrumental, and she probably showed us this movie the first time, was an enormous David Bowie fan. I remember that vividly. Um, but he's a, he's quite a character. And um, this is sort of like, it's not the Ziggy Stardust Bowie. This is like, I don't know how we describe it. It's kind of like... Um, it's like Ziggy Stardust meets Tina Turner, is what I, I kind of feel like. I mean, I know the Tina. You know the Tina Turner. That yes, I see I, I'm that. talking the, the hair, hair, the hair more than the than anything else. But yeah, well, he's he's he's. Uh, I think it can be summed up. I have another note here that just says Bowie's hair is preposterous. Yes, it it, it is, and I got to say. Henson, if this is Henson's second film, he's. I think he does a great job. He doesn't ask Bowie to do much, and and no. there's not much dialogue that Bowie has except for one yes. line here or there, and I think that's a good move on his part because yes, Bowie just gets to stand there and look like a rock star at all times, and he does that extremely yeah. well. But if you, he I does. think if you, you would have lost a lot of it if you'd asked him to give like a Hamlet-like monologue of some kind of worth. I think the whole thing would have fell apart. But they just say, no, look, we got Muppets. We got puppets going around here. We've got all this stuff. We don't need you to do much. Just stand there and look cool. Yeah, he's definitely got the the, the presence. I mean, he has the screen presence of, you know, like a, a big star, but he, and, and actually, and I got to say, I think he's a fine actor. I've seen him in other things and like, and he's, he's a solid actor. Like he's not, you know, Anthony Hopkins or anything, but he's, he's definitely solid and he holds his own. And so he comes anyway, this is, this is meant to be a simple plot description and, and I, I seem incapable of doing that. So, <laughs> um, but okay. So he takes the kid, Goes to tells her he she has thirteen hours to get to the center of this labyrinth. Do we know why thirteen uh, hours? Kid, that's what it's, he says in the beginning. I, I know, but do we know why? Is that, is the thirteen hours well, uh, meaningful? Because I don't know thirteen. Okay. Unlucky number. Who knows? But um. But yeah. So and so she has thirteen hours to get to the center of this giant labyrinth. Uh, to the center where the uh, the uh, his castle is. And rescue her brother, or he has to stay, and I guess he'll become a goblin forever. So that's the that's the premise. And basically. is the presumption that all of the goblins that we see were once babies stolen by the Goblin King? I guess that's what you're kind of. I never thought about that, but gee, that's that's really horrifying. Disturbing. Yes, it's, it yes, implies it's that the, every little goblin that you see is somebody's brother that has been stolen by the Goblin King. I guess, but yes. Um, the the main thing I took away from this movie, and I agree with you, I think it does hold up. I I was I had low expectations coming in. I was worried that we were gonna that I was gonna be very disappointed, but I I was not. I think it holds up in large part to how good of an actress Jennifer Connelly was at such a young age. I I thought she was really fantastic. I mean, especially since she's acting yeah. 
against Muppets. She's acting against puppets. She's not even acting against real people except for a handful of scenes with with Bowie. Yeah. So I, I just I think she was fantastic, especially for as young as she was. And uh and and then yeah. the the humor, the Muppet humor was was really good and and Yes, I la- there are lots of genuine laughs. I laughed a lot and like genuinely. Yeah, so I thought I thought that it ran really well with just Jennifer Connelly as the character. The other thing was is that, um, and this is something that I've seen in other movies that end up when you look back, you're like, God, you know, nowadays, you know, early CGI when you see stuff like really early where you're you're they're using computer graphics and you watch it again, you're just like, wow, that just, just looks awful compared to now. Like the like like the owl in the opening credits. Yes, the owl like from the opening credits is clearly it. it really that that part didn't hold up too well no it was awful it was awful and it was but i can imagine (laughs) that in the 80s it must have been mind-blowingly amazing oh i'm sure they yeah they're probably ran from the theater right it's like a you know witchcraft what has happened here there's a digital owl (laughs) flopping around in the in this opening credits scene um but (laughs) but what i was worried is that i was going to be watching these muppets and I'm calling them Muppets because they're not Muppets. It wasn't like Gonzo or Kermit were in this film. It, they're puppets <laughs> that Jim Henson created. That they, I was worried they were going to come on screen and I was going to be like, wow, this really doesn't hold up. This doesn't, I, mm. I can't suspend reality and believe what I'm watching. Right. But the yeah. sets and the, everything was so good. Like, oh, yeah the set whoever did the set design was amazing there was just very few of those cheesy kind of let's put somebody in front of a green screen and we'll just hype you know superimpose it's like they built all of these different sets and they were really in them and it was really really um well done really really uh detailed and you know i guess that's what you would expect from something from jim henson i mean it was just incredibly detailed and rich and it i it really helped you kind of buy into this fantasy where you're you're going through this goblin king's labyrinth all the way up to save to save a, a baby brother i thought that really held up yeah. it was really enjoyable yeah the uh, yeah the designs this this guy brian froud designed all the he's like a famous um, like illustrator and yeah, and, and he, uh, Toby. The whole movie was kind of based on his designs. Toby, the baby, is his son. That's right, and that which brings me to, I want to okay, I got to talk about the baby because I I have a very serious question, which is how traumatized is this child? Yes, because he, I have and I have to say this: be watching that kid cry for like the entire first half of the movie was horrible yes it was like it was i hated it i hated it so much and it makes sense that he had to the kid had to be related to somebody on the production because nobody would uh, nobody else would put their child through that like that was so unbelievably it was so uncomfortable the kid is sitting amongst like 40 animatronic puppets that are moving and laughing <laughs> yeah. maniacally and kids just standing yeah. there crying and it's this extended yeah. scene where they don't cut away and they just let this kid sit there and cry and it's just that classic you know back in the 80s well 
You know, let the kids know there was no yeah. parents sitting there. This is, you know, remember this is when yeah. parents just let their kids I, go outside the door and run around and what, hopefully they come yeah. back, you know? So, um, yeah, you could see that on I mean, film. like if, if they, if it was revealed that that, that kid is now in an institution, I would not be surprised. And we would, we could point directly to David Bowie and the Goblin King. And he's sitting there saying, and he'd be right. He could be sitting there saying, Oh, I was taken by Goblin King and he would actually, actually be correct. So he actually, he believes that he, the movies, in other words, the movie's real to him now. Like he's, oh, wow. he, Again, he the actually, set design was fantastic. It's true. I would be very, it's very convincing. But yeah, that was, that was awful. The crying baby was very painful, but, um, and also the, 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 um, <laughs> the fake baby that David Bowie oh, is threw? tossing into the air. Yes. It's incredible. I remember that I being mean, wonderful when I was a kid. Didn't pick up on the fake limp <laughs> sack of potatoes that he that they threw up in the oh in the air. God. In the when I was a kid, I, I remember so that hard. that baby. I was like, wow, that baby's thrown yeah. way high in the air. Watching it a second look, I was like, that's clearly not a baby. <laughs> yeah, and an interesting choice. I don't know why they felt the need to throw the baby into the sky, but um, and Bowie's not a dancer. Yeah either i'm gonna point out he there were some moments watching him he good singer great singer great stage presence but there's some moments where he's trying to to dance to uh magic dance and and it's it's a little painful not to magic, watch. Not, no it's no it's very i yeah i mean he's i mean it's he's kind of uh he's expanding his uh his oeuvre as they say with this movie and he's um yeah he's definitely trying some new things um, i'm gonna need you to help me i i have i'm like, like to think I, yes, that's, you're bringing the big words here i i would that uh, is explain that for me too because i have no clue oeuvre. what oeuvre is it's a well of course jeffrey it's a french word meaning uh i body of work i i don't know i don't know what it actually means I just, it sounds uh, great thank you thank you i'm, I'm glad um, you used it <laughs> but uh yeah well as far as like the the puppets go i was really genuinely surprised at how because obviously these are just puppet the mouth movements are just it's just a mouth flapping you know with no articulation really and i was surprised at how how little that mattered yeah. how like just the flapping mouth and the voice work was so good that it, it never not for a second did I did it was it ever distracting and I was and I realized like that's that's like that's that's huge because now it would be all CG of course and all like hyper articulate and everything and these these puppets that are just these basic things with clearly somebody's hand inside making it move is just like totally effective and works completely. Yes, I agree completely. On a side note, let's uh, w- favorite puppet in the movie. Oh my. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, I have, I have a note here. Well, there, you know, obviously there's some great main characters. I mean, I love I mean, Ludo's pretty awesome. It's kind of hard to, to top Ludo and, um, and Didymus, the guy, the little guy who rides the dog that rides the dog. Yes. And he was, he was a lot of fun, but I have in my notes, <laughs> I have a note that says, Little angry Italian man is best character. And what I mean by that is there is a moment in the movie where Jennifer Connelly is going through the labyrinth and she's writing on the stone steps of the labyrinth with lipstick, writing. Yes. 
so she can follow it. And the first time she does this, this as she's man. running away, unbeknownst to her, <laughs> yes. a little man comes out from the stone and is very upset. In fact, I have the clip queued up, and I just have I have to play it because okay. it's just this is my favorite character. This is the best part of the entire movie. Okay. Yes, and then he calls your mother. His, her mother's an aardvark. Uh, it's a friggin' aardvark, I think he says. I I want to know what's going on with that guy. I want to know because there because it happens again where these little people are like, you know, flipping the the arrows on her. And I want to. There's like apparently an entire whole world underneath the labyrinth of these little little people. I want to see that movie. Yeah, there's like, there's that there are. Yes, and there are tons of these things. I mean, and this is a fat, and that's why I say it goes from zero to 60 quick, and you're in the labyrinth, and there is no scene longer than maybe five, ten minutes. And it's just, you're in new place after new place after new place. You're, You're in, first you're in a walled labyrinth, then you're in a hedge labyrinth, then you're in... Then you're somehow in a forest, and then sometime you fall into a hole that a, then a crawls bunch out. Of grabby mean, hands. Yes, the hand thing, which I remember being both terrified and fascinated as a kid when that scene happened, because all the hands, when they speak, they create hand faces and yes. eyes, and it was so cool to watch, but then also kind of yeah. terrifying at the same time. It was. It was. Yeah. No, that part is really. And I feel, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's wrong, but like I, I didn't really like seeing teenage Jennifer Connelly being handled by all those hands. It kind of, I, it made me worry that some shady stuff happened on that set. There's, there's some, didn't like. there are some segments of, of that we're going to have to add to this, this podcast where we talk about, you know, things that were acceptable when this was shot that are probably not acceptable now. And we've now hit on right. two. One is, is a, yeah, we got child abuse, <laughs> uh, an under 18 year old girl being, sure. being handled by what is clearly 150 male hands at one point that's yeah. falling None down this, are... this, this tunnel. And then the second is putting an infant, no, no older than 18 months around just and letting yeah. it just ball its eyes out around a bunch of, of, of Muppets. So, um, yeah. Neither of those things would be allowed today. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the scene just keeps going. You go through all these different things. I think my favorite puppet out of the whole thing uh, is probably Didymus. I, I think he's mm-hmm. fantastic. I love his cockiness and the way he's just, you know, he's that small little guy who just never seems to acknowledge that he's that he's really kind of got up. Uh, you know, back against the wall and can't really achieve anything, but he's just going to mouth yeah. off to you anyways. I'm also a fan of the, I don't know what they are. They're clearly just Jim Henson creations, but they're the like fire animals that can like take yes. their body parts off and throw them around. The chili and, down. Yes. Scene, you mean? Yeah. Which is completely insane. Yeah. Like, it's like that is the part of the movie where you're supposed to take mushrooms. I feel like you. Yes, at that point, uh, you you should be on something because it was. I mean, you could be on something to this whole film and and get something out of it. I wish. Yeah, I wish I had been. The walls are glittered. Yeah. Every every single surface has glitter on it. So it's uh, 
it is definitely a, a visual spectacle. But those, I think those are probably my favorite. I liked the music of it, and they're they're just taking their heads off. Those and, are wild. And, you know, there's some pure comic elements where they're like, you know, classic, like I'm going to tap my foot until my foot falls off, and then I'm going to realize I don't have a foot and fall. Like that's just kind of classic pratfall type stuff, which I think is really, really good. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that was, uh, you know, a, a good element of it. Um, you know, the climactic scene at the end, the MC Escher uh, walkabout where, uh, she's trying to, to get to her brother, Toby. And I, I thought that was really well done. And again, that's another scene that they actually built. You can tell that yeah. she's walking down actual stairs of a, I, I would give anything to look up and see what the set actually looked like. Yeah. Yeah. That scene was trippy. That was, that was really cool visually for sure. Although that song, there's there's one point in that song i can't sing it but david bowie's singing and his performance is so lackadaisical he seems to have completely run out of energy by this part of the movie he's it's like so they shot the singing, whole film in one day and he's just he's like done. kind of in the, even on the vocal track his voice is kind of trailing off at one point i don't know go back and listen to it because it's it's hilarious but um, yeah, no, that scene was that scene was was very cool. I did, you know, overall, obviously, Bowie is Bowie, and he's always amazing. Um, and you know, and yeah, and you know, you know, beautiful man. I'm not like he he was, but I will say there were a couple scenes I found his crotch situation very upsetting. Yeah, there there were there were some unnecessary close-ups of of his crotch, and mostly because you're dealing with puppets that are at the at, at hip level, and so they're trying to get a close-up yes. of the puppet's face with, and his crotch ends up being you know dead center in the scene, so prominently displayed. But and I didn't, and I I feel like because his his I don't know his his choice of leggings or pants were were very interesting, and I sometimes felt that. They for like they forgot to give Bowie his the the, the re- actual pants for his costume that he that he was rehearsing the scene and they're like okay let's shoot and they're like oh shit we forgot to give Bowie his pants he's just in cold it's been cold outside he he's just wearing look, long he just underwear. like he's wearing like sweatpants like yeah. tight like like <laughs> tight like and it I looks I don't know maybe it's just me but sometimes I found it distracting and well uh, it was, it's kind of that classic almost Romeo and Juliet thing where it's like everything from the waist up is like lace and frilly and like really detailed kind of like Renaissance fair type uh, costume design. And then it's like, yes. but from below where you're in a leotard as if like they had yes. spandex in the Renaissance or something. And it's like, you're kind of like, well, what is this? Why is this now the thing that they're, uh, that they're wearing? I agree. It was uh, a little, uh, a little off. Uh, but then again, it's Bowie. I mean, you just kind of... It's true. I mean, he can pull off anything. And you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, I guess. I mean, seems fair to me. Did you notice the... So there's the the Easter eggs in the beginning? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. No, so I'm I'm curious where you're going to go with this Easter egg. Well... Well, there's one, I mean, the obvious thing is that there's a lot of foreshadowing, like we see all, you know, there's all these books like Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland and Grim Fairy Tales, and you see little stuffed animals. There's even one, I noticed when she's leaving the room at one point, there's one that is, that actually looks like Ludo even, okay. and there's like a fox and, and stuff, and 
so that's kind of obvious. But if you, there's something that I never know. This is, I never noticed this. I have seen this movie so many times and only like maybe on within my last couple of viewings of it, did I see that at one point you're Jennifer Connelly is sitting like at her, her mirror and there's pictures all over her mirror. And, uh, there's all these clippings for um, what I assume is her mother, who I'm assuming has passed away, who was an actress, which is why I think she wants to be an actress. So which kind of gives more insight into her, you know, the fact that like her mother was this actress who passed away and now she's got the new stepmom and she's that's why maybe she's so that could be why she's so upset angry, and kind yeah. of angry. But um, if you look at the mirror, there is a picture of what I assume is her mom with a man next to her and that man is David Bowie. No. Yes. Yes. Seriously? David Bowie is pictured. Yes. So, so, so this, this is so at the beginning like, of the movie. Yes. Beginning of the movie. David Bowie is in a picture with Jennifer Connelly's mom. And I did not notice this until it's like one of those, like, you know, it's not called attention to, it's just in like a passing shot, but he's there and he's, same it's hair, unmistakably Bowie. It's not actually. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't look like crazy Goblin King. He looks just kind of normal Bowie. So, are we supposed to take Bowie. from it that, it that that she fell asleep, and that this is a, a dream that like she's remembering like all of these different well, pieces of part well, of her bedroom? Well, I mean, I I guess, mean clearly, clearly, we're not supposed to believe it's no, actually listen, the Jeff, Goblin King. Listen, listen, <laughs> I believe in the Goblin King too. It's okay, all right. but I think that I do believe that Bowie clearly is, you know, she's a teenage girl and I'm sure he's this handsome, probably this handsome actor that his mom worked with that she has a picture of. And so he becomes this sort of like powerful kind of scary, but also kind of, you know, exciting figure to her. And so I think that's where, that's where, that's where Bowie comes from is, is, is he had a connection to, her mom's past i think and so so that was just kind of interesting i never noticed that before i was like wow there's more a lot more uh detail put into that they that scene than i thought yeah and they didn't just uh wing it they they actually had let's put all these different oh. pieces and parts in it and 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 that yes. way at all if anyone ever does the digging there they can see all yeah. all of it ties up real nice and neatly it's well, a the, very multi-layered film yeah the, and the film you know i was looking doing my own little bit of research as to the kind of success it had back when it opened. And uh, it didn't actually have much success when it opened, not so much because of the quality, because as we've attested to here, it does hold up. It is a fantastic movie, but it didn't have the success because of what it went up against. So it opening weekend, it opened up against Karate Kid 2, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Top oh. Gun were the oh, wow. three movies that opened that same weekend as Labyrinth. So, as you can yeah, imagine, didn't get the uh, didn't really have a chance. Didn't didn't really have a chance uh, at gaining the uh, critical acclaim that it so richly deserved. Um, but yeah. uh, and it did so poorly over the pr- next <laughs> couple months that it was actually pulled from theaters after one month. Uh, and and taken completely out of the theaters, but it has grown to a cult following, uh, mostly probably because of Bowie. I think it also helps that Jennifer Connelly ended up being a wonderful Academy Award winning actress, 
uh, and that was yes. her first start, and she's fantastic in it. So it, it kind of gets this following. It was, that it I gotta say, I'm just gonna say it right right out of the gate. I was very, I was uncomfortable. Yes, I, Jennifer Connelly's my first crush. Period. From this movie, yeah. when I was young, watching yeah. this movie, yeah. Jennifer Connelly. How could you not? She's How could you wonderful not? in this movie, and um, yeah. and uh, she does a fantastic job. So. Um, and she won out. She won out against, and I read this. She beat out Sarah Jessica Parker for this role. Yes. She beat out. I'm going to say her name incorrectly, and I'm going to get a lot of, you know, grief from the people who listen to this. Helena Bonham Carter. Did I say That's that? That's correct. Right? Yeah. Yes. She Bonham she beat Carter. out her. And yeah, uh, and I see Laura Marissa Dern. Tomei. Marissa, Laura Dern, that's right. Yeah. Marissa Tomei as well. Yeah. So she beat out a bunch of, of well, they weren't big actresses at the time. I think they were all, you know, advocating for their roles, you know, their initial roles there. But the other thing is, is that I read that Bowie was also up against Michael Jackson was thought of mm. as in this role, which that would, can you imagine that, how creepy this movie would be 20 years uh, oh, later if Michael Jackson yeah. was the Goblin King? With the babies Stealing and everything, child. oh my God, we dodged mm-hmm. a bullet with with Michael yeah. Jackson not being cast in this role because yeah, no, I God say that us. was a good, that was a good call. Yeah, thank God. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was off doing Thriller or something else, and he couldn't get to this movie. But God, we dodged a bullet yeah. with that one. That would be just an awful, awful movie to watch. Um, it would. Yeah, I don't think we'd be able to watch it again. No, I think they would ban it. That you can't watch this. Um, the the other person uh, who was up for this role was they thought about Prince, which I could see Prince. Mm. Prince would have been a cool, cool person to do that sure. role. Um, He's, I mean, a, a little short. He's a little short to be all goblins. the goblins. I think it would be, they're goblins. I think it fits better if True. he's short. He'd be in the same, we, we mean, wouldn't have the crotch problem. It mm. would be, everyone would be eye to eye in those scenes I mean, instead of crotch to eye. Well, no, I mean, and, well, if it was if it was Prince, there would have been way more overt sexuality. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It but <laughs> but I don't. I don't. I yeah. I gotta say, I, I don't see Prince. He he wouldn't be imposing enough of a presence as much as as great as he w- was. I don't. I you don't think I, he'd I think be as, was, as intimidating nah. enough as you need. No, he's no Bowie. He doesn't have the presence of Bowie. Freddie Mercury was also thought of. Which I don't think I can see. Would, I think it would work him as as it, but I don't. I don't see a mustache on the Goblin King that would have would have played. Yeah, well. yeah. He. I mean. I mean. He was. He. He could have done it for sure. But yeah. I mean. It would have. Yeah. It would have been very different. He wouldn't have been as regal as Bowie. Yes. Yes. D- definitely different hair too. We wouldn't be having the conversation with hair. None of these. None of these would have had the hair uh, that Bowie has in this film. So. I think that's something to uh, to consider, but I, I think um, I think this movie holds up. This one, this yeah. one's there for us. I think this one's going to be uh, one that that we can watch and well, show to many people. Yeah, it's and it is. It's great. I mean, and it's great to remember. Think about Jim Henson and just what a big kind of influence and how how huge he was for like in our childhoods and like. Uh, and how kind of and, and seriously, I was talking about it in the beginning, but like how kind of insane it is that he he did what he did, which is like it's because until him, it was like, you know, there were like ventriloquists and stuff. But like the idea of actually building this entire sort of empire based on puppets 
was kind of a, a novel idea back then. And the fact that he was able to, to elevate that into like an art form is pretty amazing. And when you consider the fact that like, that it's basically all about, you know, kind of bringing life to these inanimate objects and how, and when you think about the Muppets, you don't think about, you know, somebody with their hand and a, and a thing making a mouth move. You think of the characters, you think of Kermit, you think of Gonzo and, you know, um, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it was really unique what he did. And I think this movie is kind of, you know, I mean, maybe an argument can be made for like the Muppets more, but like, this is a pretty great example of kind of how ambitious he was as a, as a filmmaker. And as like, in terms in what, in terms of what he did, like just logistically, I can't imagine how difficult it was to make it. Cause it's amazing on a ground level. But then when you consider that underneath the frame, there's like puppeteers and who knows what you know going on down on the underground it's well, like and cinematography uh, wise yeah you're i think you're hitting oh, onto yeah. something that that you don't see uh when you're watching it is that you've the scene that you're watching is one thing but then they always have to be cognizant of i've got to keep the people who are operating this yeah thing out of the scene or out of the set or not noticeable or or that I've got to figure out how we're going to do this so that it's not visible. So there's this extra layer of of thought that has to go into what they're doing and then also make it f- not noticeable that they're having to shoot it a certain way so that you don't see what's going on. I mean, I think I, I do think you're you're correct and and these these puppets are not muppets. The muppets are felt, you know, their primary color felt puppets you know and you're kind of you know they're these in labyrinth are not i was shocked the first time you see um, a puppet in this movie is when Mm. she starts to consider and this is very early on as we said because it wraps up very quickly but it's when she starts to consider asking the goblin king to take her brother toby and they cut away to these tiny Mm -hmm. little goblins who are like listening and the eyes, yeah. the eyes of yeah. these goblins are so lifelike. They are so real looking that yeah. you're immediately like, okay, I buy it. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, this is what we're looking at. And I think it plays yeah, I so like much that. better. It was just like a hard, like a hard cut to just a, a bunch of Muppets looking in the camera, or not Muppets, but the puppets looking in the camera. And yeah. And it been also like looking at the like like the the character Hoggle, who has who's obviously an actor, but he has a fake head that also has fake eyes. And this is similar to like when they did the Ninja Turtles, where you have actors in a, in suits wearing a, a fake head. But then the the when you think about the logistics of that, there's there's a technician that's controlling the mouth and the eyes on that thing, and like there's one character. He's like the old sleepy guy who with the, is with the ostrich like on the, his head. He, yes. So he's, he's a character that has the, the, you know, the eyes and mouth that are being manipulated by a puppeteer. But then he also has another puppet coming out of his fucking head. And it's like the complexity of that. I was like, how did they, how did they do that? That must've been like a and really then, difficult thing. To and then they're out. talking to one another, you know? So yeah. it's like, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Cause it's not, you're, it's puppets built into puppets. I mean, let's let's remember here. We're not talking about the age of you know computer 
controlled items. I mean, this is like, you know, this is like Jaws was breaking down every five seconds. So they had to figure out how to do it. Like there, this is the, so like somebody could, the technician could be hitting the button to move the lips and it ain't moving. And so like they have to play around with this. And so I, it is just a wonderfully well done movie. Um, Yeah. Keeps your attention the whole way. Yeah, there's there's always something, and it's one of the reasons why a lot of these movies from that era do kind of hold up is because there's always some, going to be something more compelling, I think, about effects that are that are man made as opposed to digital, because there's just something too, like even as a kid knowing, like like watching stop motion stuff where I knew it was fake, but the, but just the fact that something was made and manipulated by somebody and it, and it and, and and they like gave it life and made it move when it was you know giving an inanimate object life is pretty uh it's it's more uh it's there's something to that that's that that like digital effects don't i do I, I think it's it well it's you and i have talked about it about jurassic park and how i still think personally think that jurassic park is the high point of of yeah. uh, kind of special effects because you had yeah. the cgi parts of it but then you also had the animatronic kind of real you know props that were on set that they could be next to and you could see the actors physically touch them that was something about labyrinth that you don't see in cgi as much and it doesn't work is that you don't see the real life actors hugging and and touching the you know a cgi character you know, so you yes, they try, but it doesn't it doesn't work as well as compared to this, where everything is really in front of the actor and they can really interact yes. and touch them, and you see that, and it gives it a whole new life that I think CGI just still lacks. And yeah. I, as great as it is, don't get me wrong, there are certain things that it is just amazing at, but I just think that if you can get real people or real things that are that are being interacted with it just it holds so much more weight when you're watching it as a viewer yeah yeah definitely and it, and i remember you know as a kid like even as a kid just recognizing like the fact that there was something that you could like you said reach out and actually touch that that made it so much more exciting than if it had been just like an you know animated like it it just made it feel you know more grounded and 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 real you know weirdly I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, so I, I both of us we we've got a our first episode of the podcast is uh is a solid yes holds up. It's yeah. it's good. Yeah. So what are we gonna do we'll next? See it. Oh God. Um. I don't know. I haven't. I need to look at. We need to pick a number on the list and see what the randomness selects for us. But uh, all right. We'll uh we'll we'll call it quits on on this particular movie labyrinth it's a definite holds up and uh we'll uh we'll be back here again soon with another movie to tell you whether or not it holds up or not so till then